good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Previously on Castle Rock Season 3, Episode 1. A dark stranger rolls into Castle Rock and reunites with an old friend. Someone missed me. 1958 Plymouth Fury. A mysterious scarred figure named John Smith Jr. gets a haunted room at the town's newest hotel, the New Overlook. Is everything okay? I heard screaming. I, uh, I saw something. You too, huh? A fire-spewing young woman wreaks havoc on downtown, and she's got John in her sights. She's found me. Who is she? The fire starter. Moonlight spills over an abandoned farm. The farmhouse is sunken in disrepair. A coyote sleeps on the porch, which is covered in spider webs. The barn is pocked and weathered after decades of hailstorms. A water pump is tilted, rusted over. Camber reads the faded word painted on a tipped-over mailbox. This is a dead place. It's strange, then, to see such a pristine vintage automobile glide over the brown grass. The dark man sits inside, one arm draped out of the open window. He parks the Plymouth Fury. Inside the car, the dark man turns, as if speaking to someone next to him. Sure is a beaut, this stallion. Best nights of my life were in this car. The dark man nods, smiling. But who is he talking to? Well deserved. You're the bang-up job restoring it by all accounts. I was always a tucker man myself. Torpedo? Oh, sure, but have you heard of the talisman? An old friend gave me a spin in his. Too bad old Preston never got the chance to make more, but hey, <laughs> hell hath no fury like the SEC. Of course I got all the fury one could ask for right at my fingertips. The dark man grins, pats the dash. What I need now is something, shall we say, uh, rabid in devotion and behavior. Pull up 15 yards. Park by the palm. The fury rolls ahead, glass bottles shattering beneath its wheels. It stops by the pump. The dark man, it's revealed, is alone in the front seat. The driver's side door opens and the dark man's boots touch down. He kneels over, buried beneath glass and grass is a weathered grave marker. Cujo, it reads. Next to it is a dusty shovel. All my little talents, yet I still gotta dig a hole the old-fashioned way. Feel free to lend a hand. Charlie turns the corner, finds herself faced with the new overlook. John stands out front, alone. Jackie and the middle-aged man can be seen looking through the window. 
Inside the new overlook, Jackie and the middle-aged man are huddled by the front window. Who is that? I don't know, but is it possible to turn the heat down? Are you kidding? It's barely... She touches her forehead. She's sweating. He is too. Actually, scratch that. I don't think it's the heat. Charlie is holding her hands out where an orange glow is swelling in size and intensity. No more running. Sweat drips from her brow, both from the heat and her effort. But before you incinerate me, will you just hear me out? The fireball forming in her hands grows bigger. I wasn't myself, you know, when, when, when we, when, when I, they tinkered with me too, you know? Okay? I didn't have a choice. We always have a choice. And you have the choice not to do this. To not hurt anymore. To not hurt any more innocent people over your anger at me. Charlie seems to consider this for a moment. Only for a moment. Her expression hardens again. This ends now. She launches the fireball. John jumps out of the way, diving away from the new overlook. In the window, Jackie and the middle-aged man duck. Orange fire colors the thoroughfare as glass explodes into the surrounding buildings. One of those buildings, a warehouse, explodes after being struck by the ball. Debris rains upon downtown, including the new overlook. Inside, Jackie and middle-aged man hold each other beneath the window. Cracks rip through the walls. Books by the likes of Paul Sheldon, Bill Denborough, and George Stark are blown from the gift shop, sizzling on the ground next to the pair. Pyrokinetic attacks. Covered by insurance? John, his sleeve on fire but otherwise unscathed, sprints to Charlie, who's spent after launching the fireball. Begging you to stop! She raises a hand, telekinetically stopping him in his tracks and lifting him into the sky. She throws him through the window of the mellow tiger and he lands, grimacing on the shattered glass. Charlie climbs through the window, marching towards him. He backs up and she holds out her arm again, stopping him, lifting him. She's weak, however, and can only hold him for a moment before collapsing to her knees. John, sleeves still on fire, unleashes a series of practice punches and kicks on her, ending with him drop-kicking her through the window and back onto the street. He realizes his sleeve is still burning. Oh, fuck. He slaps at the fire, terrified. John exits the bar through the door instead of the window, but is struggling with the lock. Inside, Jackie and the middle-aged man are watching. Turn it left, Brainiac. The middle-aged man suddenly gets up. Where are you going? Hey! But he's gone. Look, I left. I'm gone. I'm done with them. They don't have a hold of me anymore. I don't care. I want to destroy them just as much as you do. I don't need your help. I think you do, actually. Enough talking. The two run at each other, ready to fight more. Then, a voice. It's not a physical voice, but a mental one. A brain-rattling command that lands like a sledgehammer in the minds of John and Charlie. Both collapse to the ground, noses bleeding, clutching their heads. And through blurry vision, John sees a figure walking towards him. He blinks, shakes his head. It's the middle-aged man, and he's holding a ring of rope. What? Sit tight, kid. He goes to Charlie, begins tying her arms behind her. You okay? I... You're in good hands, I promise. My cousin, Danny, he's a nurse. Well, well, well... John fades into unconsciousness.
dark man drives down an empty highway. In the back seat is a muddy blanket. A dirt-streaked bone pokes out the bottom. Well, perhaps you're wondering where we're driving this bag of bones at such a late hour. The headlights flash on a road sign. Ludlow. Twelve miles. Well, Fido here deserves a proper burial, don't you think? John and Charlie sit back-to-back in chairs. Each of them are bound by rope. Jackie and Dan stand over them. Time to make nice, you two. Charlie struggles against the ropes. She focuses her gaze on it. A light sizzle, then a fizzle. Her energy is depleted. Her batteries will recharge soon enough. Let's get on with it. How do you two know each other? The shop. You were co-workers? You mean shop as in capital S, shop? Whoa. What is the shop? Government agency. Weird experiments, rumors abound. Very hush-hush. Am I right, John? What do you do to my head? We all have our gifts. What are yours? Besides that roundhouse kick. It's not me you need to worry about. Dan looks at Charlie. Do we need to worry about you? What's your name? Charlie. Charlie McGee. And you do need to worry about him, the sicko. Look. I'm not the one lighting up the entire eastern seaboard. If you'd just stand still, I wouldn't have to. I've been trying to tell you, I'm on your side. You weren't when you were rooting around my brain. At least nobody took a scalpel to it. Dan and Jackie each look at his scar. Look back at each other. They may as well have. Wait a minute. Charlie McGee? I knew that sounded familiar. The Rolling Stone piece. That was you? Surprised you can still find it. They buried that deeper than the dinosaurs. I figured that expose would have buried them. Then you clearly don't understand American power. A million exposés wouldn't bury them. And you worked for them? Not at first. I have this thing. Sometimes if I touch a person, I can see the future. Like a warning. That guy at the bar. If he left with his keys... He would have crashed. Bingo. Mom says I got it from my dad. Though she barely knew him, or whatever his power was. Anyways, I got reckless with it as a kid. I bragged about it. It was long before men in black suits were at my doorstep. It took me this loon, this Todd Hunter. He poked me, prodded me, took a knife to my brain. Eventually they decided they couldn't understand my power, but at least use it to their advantage. They've got drugs there you can't even imagine. Mind control stuff. Don't blame it on the drugs. Charlie was the white whale. She nearly took down the shop two decades ago, and when she resurfaced, they said they're best people after her. Who was it that got you? Andrews? They didn't want to cut her open. Not yet. She's a weapon, after all. So they asked me to go in, see what I could see. What did you see? Fire. You want revenge. They killed my dad. They would have killed me if I didn't escape. I want to help you get that revenge. And why should I trust you? Because I'm grieving too. When I finally did get out, I went home to an empty house. My mom, my stepdad, my sisters, all gone. Looked through old papers, not a trace of them. They vanished into thin air. So, why are you here? They move headquarters every few months or so. They're in eastern Maine. That much I know. Been trying to sniff it out for weeks. Look, you can kill me, or you can finish the job you started 20 years ago. Burn the whole fucker to the ground. Temporary truce. But only if you can lead me there. 
Does this mean we can untie you? Charlie looks at the rope, squints. A small flame bursts and frays them. She stands. Him, maybe. They do. We're close. I can feel it. Any chance I can get a room? I'm bushed. Jackie smiles. The red sun is beginning to crest the horizon. On a ravaged patch of rock and dirt, the dark man places one final stone upon a freshly constructed kern. Other kerns surround him on all sides. He is winded, crashing against the dirt. <sighs> Not in the shape I used to be, kid. You feel it too, though. I can tell. You're becoming real hazy-like. I can see the sun through your skin. Maybe, but... Uh, I mean, not that we need to worry about her. Not so much travel on this stretch anymore. Not since that Creed kid got smeared across it. Do you feel it? The prickle? Needles in your eyes and ears? It's the air. Poisoned. Do you feel anything? I... You... A thunderclap from the west. His smile fades. Dark clouds. He looks east towards the sunrise. The sun, having crossed the horizon, bears subtle facial features. Leering eyes. A frowning mouth. We're not wanted here. These, I would wager, are not my people. I'll perk up again in CR. You too. I've never seen such a bounty of psychic energy in my life. Convergence, the likes of which. Um, the likes of which no one's ever seen before. But it won't swallow easy. Of course, neither does cough syrup. <laughs> Ready to walk back? What about? The dark man looks at his kern. He'll find us. Hell of a nose on that beast. Concluded. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs> 